We continue with our COVID-19 coverage from Baxter Regional Medical Center this morning. Joining us, Ron Peterson, the president and CEO, infection preventionist Stephanie Free, Beverly Sandvos from Baxter Regional Home Health and director of marketing Tobias Pugsley. And Ron, uh, let's uh, let you start with those latest statewide numbers this morning. Okay, good morning, Brad. I thought I'd do something just a little different this morning. I All thought right. I'd show how lucky we are to live in the uh, Twin Lakes area. If you look at the United States, there are 759,000 uh, positive COVID cases. In the state of Arkansas, there are 1,081 positive COVID cases. In the county of Baxter, there are only five. And uh, here at Baxter Regional Medical Center, we've had zero. So we're uh, very fortunate to be living where we're living. Um, if you go down the state numbers, they have tested 24,851. Of course, came up with 23,070 negative. Uh, as I mentioned, 1,781 positive. 93 of those are hospitalized. 23 of those are on ventilators. And unfortunately, we have had 39 deaths in the state of Arkansas. Uh, Baxter County has 153 total tested, 148 negative, and as I mentioned, five positive. And as a system, uh, Baxter Regional uh, Medical Center has tested 84. We have 80 negatives, and we have uh, four tests that have not been returned yet, so we have zero positives. Okay. Ron, over the weekend, Governor Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson announced some federal funds being dispersed to the state that's going to be given to uh, hospitals across the state. Have you heard how much, if any, Baxter Regional will get from this money? Uh, you know, uh, Representative Jack Fortner uh, was very kind and notified me, uh, us on Saturday that he had spoken with the governor, and it sounds like we'll be fortunate enough to receive $500,000 from the uh, Arkansas Economic Development Corporation through that grant. And so we feel very uh, fortunate and very pleased with that and very, very happy. Um, you, you know, COVID-19 has had a significant impact on the hospital, both in increasing some of our supply costs, but um, also reducing our, our revenue as uh, as the, as the governor had mentioned, and so this comes at a very critical time for us because even after impacting 350 positions here at the hospital, as we talked about last week, uh, we're still projecting, or, or we still had a $1.4 million loss in March, and we're projecting, uh, believe it or not, a $6.2 million loss in April. Hmm. So that $500,000 will help us, and uh, we will be spending that just on operations so that we can continue to um, maintain our services and uh, provide care to the people here in the community. All right. Uh, Stephanie, let's let uh, you go uh, next this morning. We're seeing a lot of people, of course, wearing masks in public now. Uh, does that really keep you safe when you're in public with a mask on? Yes. Wearing a mask in public not only protects you, but it protects others as well. The new CDC recommendation actually comes from recent studies that show a significant portion of individuals with coronavirus lack symptoms and that even those who eventually develop symptoms can transmit the virus to others before showing symptoms. So that's why this recommendation has come out. We're still, of course, taking um, questions on on Facebook, facebook.com slash uh, KTLO radio. It's uh, pinned to the top if you want to submit a question. Someone asked Stephanie, uh, said, my husband and I both had our pneumonia shots. If we contract the virus, will those shots protect us against uh, getting pneumonia? And if not, why not? And, and what's the difference? 
Unfortunately, no. Um, the vaccines that are out there against pneumonia, such as pneumococcal vaccine and Haemophilus influenza type B or Hib vaccine, only protect against those types of pneumonia, so it will not provide protection against the new coronavirus if you were to develop pneumonia. This virus is so new and different that it needs its own vaccine. Hmm. Uh, Beverly, let's talk about home health. How has COVID-19 impacted home health? Are you, are you still accepting new patients? Uh, yes, we are accepting new patients, and the big difference that we're seeing is we're taking additional safety measures uh, before our nurses and therapists go in the home. Like in the mornings, um, everybody is screened every morning and also periodically throughout the day. Our nurses and therapists uh, sanitize their hands uh, before they enter a patient home. They're wearing a mask, um, and we're also going to provide a cloth mask to any patients who require them. Um, so we're doing a little extra for everybody. Now, I understand that home health is also using uh, telehealth to help patients, right? Yes, sir. We're working closely with the physicians in the area to assist with the video visits. These help the high-risk patients stay in their home. So in other words, if you have a patient that does not have Wi-Fi or that have a smartphone or a tablet, we can bring our tablet in there and assist with their video visits to their, to their physicians. Now, Tobias, is, how is this different than other telehealth offerings that Baxter Regional has? Well, Brad, you know, we're blessed to have a forward-thinking leadership. And if you remember back in February of 2019, we, we launched the, the first other te telehealth app here in our region. That was called Baxter Regional Care. And, and that's still out there, and, and people are using it. As a matter of fact, uh, since January 1st, uh, we've seen over 100 visits um, on the app from January through March. Um, you know, there's almost 3,000 people enrolled in that, and, and what that means is they can go on Apple uh, App Store or the Google Play Store, they can search Baxter Regional Care, and they can go ahead and download that app so that if they do, you know, for some reason get the cold or have pink eye or rashes or, or flu, all those things can be, um, can be worked on uh, via the app, and what you do is you download it and then um, you put in a little bit of information, and then um, in a matter of minutes, you're right there face-to-face -face with a doctor, um, and, and they're diagnosing you, and then they can uh, call the prescription into the pharmacy. So really the only reason that you'd have to leave your home during this visit would be to pick up your prescription. And we do that for a flat rate of $69 and um, to, to do that for the – and, again, that's Baxter Regional Care. And um, it's been – you know, I said that we launched as the community in February 2019. What's really interesting, Brad, is since we've launched this app, the ratings on the app are still 4.9 out of 5 stars, which is incredible. You know, nowadays, people are much more likely to give a review if something doesn't go well. So we know people are using it. We know they're enjoying it. And what's really interesting is the highest um, percentage of usage uh, demographically is the 50 to 64-year-olds. So if you're out there and you're listening to the show and you might be a little, a little scared of the app or, hey, you know, I'm just not real technical, that's not for me, the 50 to 64-year-olds are the ones using it most. So don't be scared. You can get on there. And then, Brad, I also want to talk about, you know, in a matter of, of weeks, um, we were able to go beyond the app and start offering provider-to-patient telehealth visits from our clinics. You know, we've seen um, our hometown clinics, um, our family clinics here in the area, um, even Aaron's Clinic over in, in Marion County, our urology clinics, gastro, and the list goes on. Basically, all, a lot of our family and specialist clinics now offer the opportunity to have a telehealth visit. And what's really interesting, Brad, on, on March 19th, we were not doing really any telehealth visits in the clinics. 
since since March 20th, we've been counting. We've done 1,968 telehealth visits in our in our clinics, which makes it on about an average about 25 to 40 percent of the total visits happening in a day are now happening through telehealth. Which, if you um, you know, the, thanks to the relaxation of some of the the rules and then the ways that you can access telehealth, they're able to use things like FaceTime, Skype. Things that were previously um, not allowed because of HIPAA and other reasons are now being allowed, and these family physicians and these specialist physicians now have the ability to do those uh, those uh, visits right over telehealth uh, means, keeping those patients in the home where they need to be safe and sound. So really excited about our telehealth program. It continues to grow. And uh, we really hope that everybody's liking that out there. It is amazing. Uh, Beverly, anything else you need to add about home health? You know, one more thing, that we are working very closely with our infection preventionist, Stephanie Free, here to follow the most recent CDC recommendations because we want the same thing. Um, We are the link to the patients at home, and we want to keep them in their home and where they're safe. Ron, anything else we need to mention this morning? Well, you know, even though our numbers across the uh, county and even across the state are, are all relatively low, we want to make sure that we continue to uh, pra- take safe precautions and uh, practice all the safety things that we can. Um, you know, they're still projecting that first week of May as far as the peak time for Arkansas and uh, uh, as far as COVID peaking at that point. And, of course, once we hit the peak, then the day after the peak is still one of the second to busiest, you know, more active days out there. And so we have to make sure that we keep our precautions. So I'm going to end on Stephanie's famous line of uh, um, don't roam, stay at home. You bet. Brad, I've got one more piece of housekeeping just real quick. Um, And this has to do with bills and billing and paying bills at the hospital. So in an effort to protect our patients during this time, we're encouraging patients not to come into the facility to make a payment. We'd like to encourage them to mail in their payments directly to the pay-to-address listed on the statement that they received using the return envelope that was provided. They can also pay online by visiting www.baxterregional.org, and if they're having trouble paying their bills or have questions, they're welcome to, to call the number that's provided on the statement. And that's really important, to call the number provided on the statement. The reason why is because there's a lot of different places within the hospital and within clinics that bills come from. So we want to make sure that you are calling the number where they can get those questions answered. So, again, call the number that is on your statement. Uh, and if it's a Baxter Regional um, entity, that will be open Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 3.30. If no answer, please leave a message, and we will return your call as soon as possible. And we just ask for your patience um, as, we're, as we're working diligently through this to meet our patients' needs. You bet. Guys, hey, great information this morning. Thank you so much for the time. Thank you. Thank you, Brad. Appreciate it. Uh, Again, Ron Peterson this morning, Stephanie Free, Beverly Sanvo saying Tobias Pugsley from Baxter Regional Medical Center.